Okay, so what's it like every night, twice on Saturday, standing in, in front of 13 or 1400 people, making light of something that 16 million people hold very sacred? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, you're that bully on the other side of the playground now telling well all the it is funny though because it today i'm talking with charlie franklin a native new yorker who plays the role of roger davies in tina on broadway a talented actor and one of the nicest people you'll ever meet i thought it would be interesting to talk about his experience in one of his previous broadway roles in Book of Mormon, the musical, like many of my conversations, this one touches on a variety of topics like religion, acting, our inner critic, banned books, taking offense and being offensive, fears, self-reflection, his upcoming wedding, and the importance of theater and the arts. We had a great time with this conversation. I am so happy to share it with you as Strangers You Know goes to Broadway. Hey, that make you nervous? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Definitely. you've got an audience now. Does the <laughs> audience is make you nervous? Ooh, boy, it feels like I'm right on stage. <laughs> First of all, um, I have a great studio set up in my house to do this. And then you wanted to do it on Zoom. So I ripped everything out, <laughs> moved it across the room, set it all up. It is such a cluster in here right now. Yeah, I I'm good at messing people's lives up. On four Harry Potter books <laughs> to get the right angle for my... <laughs> Now you know what my voiceover life is like. Right. I am like, you know, set up in my closet, you know, holding my computer or microphone being like, ah, <laughs> it's not pretty, but that's the life of, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know any of my friends that do it differently. If they have to do a voiceover audition or anything like that, they, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I sit in my tiny New York city closet and yeah. I do my best. Yeah. But Hey, whatever works. This is exciting. Yeah. Okay, so my tagline for the show is honest, vulnerable, and brave. Okay. So I know a version of you. I know the you in the public setting. I know you a little bit as couple, as part of a couple. I know a little bit of you. I, I want to know what, what really goes on in your head. Maybe if you're feeling up to it, Things you're not really comfortable with yourself. Wow. That's kind of what I want to get to is not just the whole, hey, so what's it like working you doing your job? And give me, if you were a car, if you were a Disney character, what Disney character? Bleh, I don't want to know what Hogwarts house you were in. Sure, sure, sure. I want to know what scares it, the hell I mean, out of you. It's Ravenclaw, but Ravenclaw, <laughs> just in case, just for the record. <laughs> I just need to say it. Um, yeah, well, I honest vulnerable and brave. I, I am, if, if not three of those things, I'm definitely honest and vulnerable. So I am, uh, I'll be brave for this well, and I will, I will jump off the cliff for you. I try to open up. I, I don't think you could be vulnerable without being brave. I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at. I right? guess that's, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, how brave, I guess, is the question I can be, but how vulnerable, I guess, is also the question. Right. So we'll see. Okay. And if you're honest, you should be all those things anyway. Right. We'll see. <laughs> Sometimes the person we lie to most is ourselves, though. Right. Oh, boy. You're, and we don't yeah. even know we're doing it because we've gotten so good at it. 
Oh gosh, is this therapy? <laughs> no, it's worse. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> I'm just going to bring up all these pain bodies and just let you stew in it. Good. Perfect. Definitely. You may be back in your closet curled up in a ball by the end of it anyway. I'm going to have to have a meeting with your wife after this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to start you off with a softball. Great. I'm very good at softball. That's why I'm in theater. Nice. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. What or who guides your life? Is it God? Is it karma? Is it kismet? Is it what? Well, I mean, is it, or is it just you? And, and, and take a second and think about it because there's a wrong wow, answer. Yeah. Well, this is, this is a big question to start with and I yeah. love it. This is really great. Um, I, I think I'll talk for a little bit and see where it leads me, but I'm going to speak truth. So I grew up Catholic. Um, I grew up being told that there is a God who leads the way. And um, I don't think I've ever fully let go of that uh, entirely, though I have kind of morphed in and out of what I specifically follow religion wise. Um, I've, I've done a lot of, I don't even want to say experimenting cause it really is kind of just up in my brain. Like, Oh, maybe it's this, or maybe it's that, you know um, I think ultimately the path that it's led me down to what I'm following right now. And I'm not saying this is what I follow or what it is uh, I'm set on. Cause I don't really think at this point um, there is a stable idea of what, guides me. Um, so every day, uh, without being, you know, for lack of, of better phrasing here, I just think I, I try to be the best version of myself that I could be. Um, and I, I don't really judge myself. Um, after, you know, if it doesn't work out, I just think, okay, well, you know, that will be something I work on more or, uh, if something, it, you know, if I, if I think, oh, okay, I, I could have handled that situation better. Hopefully that's something that comes along later. Um, but I don't think there's any sort of specific path I see myself on. I just think that as I'm approaching different forks in the road, I think to myself, uh, what, what makes me, what would make me feel better or what would make others feel better? You know, um, yeah. I don't know how crazy I am about the idea of following one specific path because even people who do follow one specific path, uh, you know, branch off into other paths and try to find their way back onto their path. But who's to say that the path that they were on was the wrong path or wasn't the right path to continue on to their right path. you know what I mean? Yeah. Gosh, it's so wordy. I can, I can talk about this for a long time because I, I do feel, uh, lost in it, but I think that's, yeah part of it you know it's a journey well there, there's lost and, and and it sounds to me like you're picking up the things that work for you and you're trying them out and if they don't work you discard them and and if they do work you kind of latch onto it a little bit and it that started with catholicism and it goes through whatever you've read from buddha and everything else and you're like hey that's interesting that's interesting that works for me that works for me but yeah. so there's one thing of loss like feeling your way around and there's another loss like just wandering in the desert not even noticing that you're on a path, not paying attention to what's working, just nose to the grindstone, take a step forward, whatever direction you're facing. Yeah. But I guess what's interesting with the whole follow mentality or, or, or what, what is guiding you is, is there's, there has to be either some 
something good or some repercussion or, or otherwise your choices don't matter anyway. So if I don't believe in, let's just say, and I'm not saying this, but if I don't believe in a God, then what is the point of being a good person? Or what is the point of being a bad person? Because there really is no such thing if there is nothing uh, either good for you at the end or bad for you at the end. Um, so I think there, there's that argument of, you know, if, if you don't have something that you believe in, then what is the point of being <laughs> anything, I guess? Um, and I, that's why I think there must be something because there is something that drives people to be good or drives people to be bad. Okay. Um, so are you saying that someone that doesn't believe in an afterlife or a higher power, um, they can't be good? No, not at all. Okay. Because I didn't think I, so. I kind of feel like that is what I'm, what I am. I'm not sure I believe in an afterlife. I, I'm not sure what the higher power is that I believe in, but there is that part of me all the time, constantly saying, what can I do to be the best version of myself? And I think I, I'm just wondering, because I don't know what would drive me to want to be good if there are no repercussions or there is no reward. And, and, and just on basic human instinct, why would that be a thing? So it's answer your own question. Why, why would I don't know? Oh gosh. I, 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 I don't know the answer to it. I, if anything, I, I mean, I guess there is some sort of a word you know, you get a high off of helping somebody you get, you feel good about yourself when you, when you, um, help other people, but that's so selfish. And so then this, this, your whole altruistic view is just based on yourself. And then that, I don't know how that makes you seem like a good person. Okay. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. Do you think, uh, sister Teresa got high on helping people? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. She had to feel all right. But I wonder if her helping people was, was that was her sense of feeling God. Okay. You know that, Oh, that's God. Thank you, God. But you know, and then maybe that is mine. Maybe I just don't call it God because I don't like picturing the old man in a white robe in the sky, you know? Right. And, and, and that, I'm not saying that has to be God either. I'm just saying that's, that is what I grew up learning. So, right. and that's what a lot of people think or a lot of people don't think they just know like that's what it is because they were told that or they they just believe that and that's fine um but for me i think i i can't believe that because that that doesn't do it for me so with whatever version of god that i do find i'm not sure how to explain <laughs> explain what it yeah. is yeah. but i do know it's there well it's a reason it's the one unanswered question that's always on everybody's mind right it's the one we keep coming back to it's like why do i yeah. get up in the morning if there isn't something there, but gosh, isn't it nice to not have an answer to it? Like, isn't it nice to, for everyone to have their own version of something? And isn't it so sad that some people can't accept that, it, that your version isn't the same as theirs. And that leads to lots of fighting. Yeah. So can, can you see a perspective where someone finds that it's nicer because they do have the answer and they have the one true religion and everybody else we're we're here to help them understand that as much as possible. But it's so nice because I know that there is a God. I know that the, can you see where that would be an enticing way to live? I'm super routine oriented. So okay. I do see the, the idea where if you have a strict set of guidelines following it sounds great and easy. 
And if it's um, handed to you, here are the guidelines. You don't even have to think about it. It right? sounds great. But then what else? You know, there's the, mm. the quest uh, for answers is, is what human life is. You know, it, it's the idea of dealing with your suffering. And so if you have this idea of like, well, this is how you don't suffer. You're still going to suffer through it. Like whether or not it's, it's written right in front of you or not. Um, so I do, I do see that. I think in terms of explaining it to people, it, it's easier, but it also might be harder because you feel like you have answers, but they might, you might still feel unfulfilled. Okay. Whereas the people who don't have their, their set of guidelines that they're following specifically part of being fulfilled or their fulfillment, uh, is, is trying to find it okay. on their own. So where would you rate, um, if someone was going to have a value system, where would you rate um, and we can put a lot of things on that value system and a lot of religions try to quantify that, qualify that and say, these are the things that should be on there. You've got your 10 commandments. You've got your Buddhist principles. You've got whatever. If you live like this, life will be better. You'll still suffer. And mm-hmm. in the end, you're still going to die. Um, and whether you move forward or not, this is the best way to live. Um, on that list of priorities, where would you put being open-minded to someone else with a different perspective? You, you mean, um, it, it say it, you're saying if somebody is say, I, I say I'm super Catholic and I, I should be open-minded with somebody who's super Buddhist. Yeah. And, and is how, that, what, is that more important than thou shalt not kill or keep the Sabbath day holy or. Is it more important? Yeah. If you had to rank, where would you put, uh, being open-minded Oh gosh. I, I, I'm not sure I'd put it above thou shalt not kill. I, I, but that's also, you know, I grew up with these commandments. So (laughs) these are things that, and I'm not, I've, I've never killed anybody. Um, I hope we should Um, go on record or we, uh, I have never killed anybody. Let's bring on Um, our new guest. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the person he killed, um, straight from the afterlife. (laughs) It's going to be a great podcast. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ah, where would it rank? That's a, that's a great question. I'm not sure it's in the same category as something or, or should be on the same, uh, set of plates. Um, (laughs) but I do think it's, I'm always brought back and I say this all the time. I use this all the time because I'm always brought back to the West wing, which I'm sure you love. I think we've talked about it before. I'm brought back to genius, genius to Toby, uh, getting his ex-wife pregnant uh, out of wedlock and not telling the president. And then president Bartlett finds out and calls him in and says, why didn't you tell me? And he says, well, you know, cause I, I didn't, I'm not sure what align with your Catholicism. And president Bartlett says, it's my Catholicism. It doesn't have to work for anybody, but me or whatever I'm paraphrasing. Right. But if, if everybody could think that way, I'm not sure I need to even put that on a value system. If I did, it would probably be pretty high because but it, it shouldn't even be, it, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if that should be a rule as much as it, it it's just nice to see. Um, and maybe that's just me like being realistic with it. Um, Cause if you make it a rule, I'm not sure how it would be followed. Um, but I, I, yeah. 
But I, I, but I see a, uh, there, there's a group of people out there that says, look, none, all of that's bull crap, right? Whatever, wherever you got it, whatever plates you were, you were looking at or whatever, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is that you're um, generous and you're open to other people having a different opinion. That is my religion. Yeah. Yeah. And yet most religions, that isn't on the list. Right. Yeah, I, I think I mean, it should be written. It should be written. I'm not sure it should be a this is this is part of the religion, but it, it's I mean, it, but it is. And even if it's not written in that exact way, you know, throughout the Bible, this is the, the, the fight that everyone talks about all the time is that love is the most important message. And, you know, yeah, but really, you need to be baptized or you're going to hell. Exactly. So uh, immediately right. we start saying, yeah, but, and these other things start moving up the list of priority. Sure. We're nice to people. Sure. We reach out and help strangers, but if they're not baptized, that that's it. If they're not baptized the right way by one of us in this religion, that's it. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's, I'm not, sh- I'm just not, I don't quite understand why people aren't okay. Um, you know, is it is it a jealousy thing where where they're not allowed to live their life one way so they get jealous of other people living their life that way or is it a thing where they feel better than the other person and they they wish oh man i would love for that person to be on my level so we could celebrate together in the afterlife or is it um it, it just makes me sad that that people have to take specific things from their religion and say you should be doing it like this and this happens all the time in politics why, why is it that everybody has to follow these exact rules? If you don't want to follow, like, if you don't want to, let's just use abortion. If you don't want to get an abortion, don't have one, don't have one. What is it? What if, if it's, if you making a law that abortion is not allowed and it's still happening, then what, why, why, why make it a law? Why bother? Just, just follow your own rules. And if it works for you, then that's great. I don't, I just never see why it has to, has to work. Your, your mindset has to be everybody else's mindset. The world would be so boring. Because I'm right. Well, exactly. Well, you're <laughs> or right. I'm left, whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> there is no middle, right? You pick a side and stay on your side. Don't go to the middle. But that's, it, it's, it's actually extra interesting with religion because at least in politics, you've got two sides, you know, in America, that's the two party system. And it is so much easier to sway one way or another, but with religion, how many religions are there? Oh my gosh. Why, why, how are we still, there's so many, how are we still falling into mine's the right one? And you have to follow mine. Right. I, I, just, I think there's something underlying both of those. Um, that has been bothering me lately. And it's the same with religion and politics. And it's like, if I make a law or a commandment, then that unwanted behavior goes away. If I can just say, Hey, there is a law against marijuana, so it will go away. And it's like, really, does it at all change anything ever? You made a law against it. We can fight over it, but People that are going to smoke pot are going to smoke pot. Yeah. You made a law against it. If they get caught, it's a lot more inconvenient. Yeah. But it's not going to stop them from doing it. If anything, it's going to get, you know, make it less safe. Put something on a banned book list. See the, some number of sales it goes up for that book yeah. on Amazon sure. right? or wherever yeah. else. Right. Tell me what go. I can't do. Yeah. I love that. Put, tell yeah. me something else. Right. If anything, it just makes it more appealing. Right. <laughs> 
But there's something about that mentality of if we make it illegal or we make it a commandment, then it'll stop. It'll go away. That's how we're going to handle it. We're going to make it into a law. Your but laws it, have essentially no effect. So that's why that's that's where I wonder is is this person doing that so they can at the gates of heaven say, well, look what I did. I'm so important because I made it a law. I know some people aren't going to follow it, but I did my best to make it everybody doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And do you get extra points for making other people convert to your religion? Or is it that you did your best and your afterlife is because of you and not right. what you, how much you've influenced others and influencing others is very important. I agree. But I, 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 yeah, gosh, that's, I mean, then, that's, then we just open another can of worms. And uh, that's what we're here for. Yeah. <sighs> okay. What's but influencing others want... is not it, influencing others is not forcing others. Influence others is not forcing others. Yeah. But you get to those pearly gates and the first question isn't, well, what laws did you pass? It's yeah. um, how open-minded were you to views of others? Yeah, sure. Oh, oh, let's what? I didn't know that was on the. I had this Ooh. list and it said that thou shalt not kill. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Um, you have something else that's interesting you want to talk about next or you can go me to throw something out. Oh my gosh. Please just keep throwing things out. Cause I will, okay. I will answer them. If I think of anything, I will definitely ask. Let me talk about your inner critic. Okay. <laughs> that voice in your head. Oh boy. Um, how many times a day do you hear that voice and what do they say most often that just has a tendency to just shut you down? My inner critic is, is pretty loud. Um, and I think that's, I'm sure I'm with everybody living right now when I say that, but I, I, I do think that, um, it's interesting seeing the way certain people handle things that I am not able to handle the same way. Delaney, for example, she is so good at just throwing some things away and going, yeah, I can do that. Where I, I immediately, I have to, the, the voice in my head is screaming. Um, you have this to do. You have this to do. You can't do that because of this. And also you're not good enough for that. And that happens constantly. And maybe I chose the wrong career because I get rejection a hundred times a week, but it, it, it hurts every time. And, it is, I'm working really hard on, on quieting that voice because, um, it will tell me that I cannot do something that I decide that I can't do. And then later when I've already passed on the opportunity, I magically can do it, you know, whether it be, um, dancing a certain way or hitting certain high notes or singing in a certain style or memorizing such amount of material. Um, and that, I, I, I am a rule follower too. So as, as strict as I can live my life, as routine oriented as I can live my life, um, is even better. So anytime anything happens where I have to stray a little bit off of what I think I'm going to be doing, that voice is like, Nope, you can't do that. So it's loud. It is loud. And maybe I just need therapy or maybe I need to start ignoring that voice a little bit more. And yeah, we all need therapy. You're right. So, so what kind of things does that voice say the most? What's something that you're just like, that bothers you or maybe bothers you the most? I mean, it's pretty common, but I, I do kind of always constantly think that I'm not good enough for this or that. It's it's very common in my 
everyday life, no matter what it is, talking to, to a stranger, oh, they're not going to want to talk to you. Or um, uh, accepting a certain audition, oh, oh, they're not going to want to cast you. You're not, you're, not, you're not right, I guess, would be. You're not what they want. Um, and that happens, yeah, all the time. It's, it's so fascinating, too, because every time I work up the bravery to ignore that voice, it works. It, 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 and it, I am automatically like, wow, see what happens when I ignore that voice? That, it, it's the best turnout ever. And then 10 minutes later, I'll hear that voice again. And I'll think, oh yeah, I, sh- I should listen to that voice. Yeah. But after a while you get this part, you get that part, you get callbacks here, you get this bid, you get pretty soon that voice gets quieter. Right. Cause like, look, I've got all this evidence that says I can do it. Look at all these things I can do. Does that voice get quieter? No, it doesn't. Why? What's it up with doesn't that? get quieter. There's still things that it says. So I've been in Tina for, I mean, if you take away the, pandemic. If you don't take away the pandemic, I've been in Tina for about four years. Okay. Uh, but, but really we've been running for well over a year. Yeah. Um, and every single night before I go on stage, Oh, you're going to forget a line. Uh, every this is night. night you're out there. You're going to botch it. You're going yep, to, you're going to forget that line. Night. And so every time I get off stage and I have conquered that I'm like, and then I have to do it again. It, it's, it's fascinating. It is so fascinating. And it's, I think it's less about quieting that voice and more about, um, listening elsewhere. It's, it's, and I don't even know if it's ignoring the voice. I think it's just trying to distract yourself from the voice. Okay. Expound on that. So if, if there's anything I can do to either, and let's just use the show as an example again, because it's always so fresh in my mind. If the voice says, oh, you're going to forget a line tonight. The best thing I can do for myself is try to find some sort of, um, some sort of word to play in the scene, say, you know, even just like, or, or some sort of feeling I can play. So, okay. Your character has a headache today. And the more I can focus somewhere else on something, I get through the scene. And the the beauty of that is it, it always makes it different. So yeah. I go on stage and I'll say something a little different because my character is a little bit nauseous or right. my character had one hour of sleep last night. And as long as it's not something that's going to mess with the dialogue, like you don't want to be like, my character is going to throw up. <laughs> like, drunk. Uh, you know, <laughs> my character's drunk. Yeah. Don't maybe don't do that. You could say my character had a drink. Sure. Fun. Yeah. That's great. But you know, as long as it um, doesn't mess with the material or just gives you something fun to do then that's, that's great. And also it makes you forget about not only just that voice, but all the other voices of the, you know, 1200 people that are out there watching you. Yeah. Um, and that is something that I, I have tried to apply to my life. I'm not like going out in the world being like, I have a headache today, but I'll <laughs> go out and like, if something is bothering me, I'll just try to think of something else while I tackle that problem, you know, or I'll try to find it a, a, a good view on that problem. Okay. So I had a question and I just lost it now. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So the, the things your critic says, is there any truth to that? Yeah, is there sure. any data to even support what that critic is saying is, is, is accurate? Of course. There's always, there's always things that, um, it, but it, the more you believe it, the more accurate it is. Mm-hmm. So when there's, when they say you, you can't hit that note, 
Um, the more I believe that the more, when I try to sing that song, I sure as heck can't hit that note. But when I fully ignore it, when I'm doing other things, try to distract myself, try to focus on the story of the song or whatever it is, then I'll halfway through the note be like, wow, I'm hitting this right now. Or, um, you know, cause then, and sometimes it still doesn't come out and you think, wow, you know, maybe I can't, but then what does that mean? Oh, you can't, or you just need to practice more or take a couple more voice lessons. Okay. Um, I think that there, there is some truth to the voice or else you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear it. But I do think that it's nothing that you, you can't work around um, and eventually quiet it down. Um, or just, you know, just, yeah, having it get smaller and smaller because you're, you're, you are making your, uh, you know, the con- contrasting voice bigger and bigger. Okay. One question I have to ask you. Go for it. I've got a one word joke. And I need you to tell me why it's so funny. Okay. Okay. And I I never realized, but that's what this is. This is a one word joke. Okay. (laughs) Hello. Why is that funny? Oh boy. That, you know what? That is a great question. That is a great question. Um, well, in the context of the show, the way it opens, and we're talking about the Book of Mormon here. Yeah. Is we, we open on, the, um, on a um, pageant of the retelling of Joseph Smith finding the plates, or actually of Moroni burying the plates. Is that right? Yep. Am I right there? Yeah. And I know and that's it, a scene. I don't know if that was the opening <laughs> scene, but <laughs> it is. It is. And, and this, this big, deep voice. It's actually, um, it's um, Trey Parker from South Park saying this, telling the story of the beginning of, of the, of the Mormon faith and how it, how it's happening. And it's, it's talking about how it's, you know, it's the the greatest, grandest thing. And it's, it, you know, it took over the world and it cuts directly from that to the dorkiest looking dude you've ever seen ringing a doorbell. And so it's just the contrast of it, of, of explaining how important and large and amazing this is to the tiniest little lanky white guy ringing a doorbell with the biggest smile on his face. And I guess it's funny because you think, um, you know, in, in their own way, they're, they're some sort of warrior, you know, they, they go around and spread their message and, try to help people and you that you can it, it's about killing with kindness i think is exactly like wait okay. what what that um it, it, you know you, you can get i mean as i'm sure like mormons get smacked with rejection as much as uh actors you know they, they ring doorbells all day and try to convert and it uh i'm sure it goes right about as much as it goes right me you know with me booking voiceover jobs um and so why is it funny? It's funny because people like, people like laughing at dorks. <laughs> <laughs> people you should like... have a nice, long, healthy career then. <laughs> <laughs> ah, from your mouth. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, it's, 
I don't know why it's funny. I, I mean, I do hey, know why enough. it's funny. It, it's, uh, it's funny relatable. because it's I mean, relatable. Even, even to members that aren't familiar with the church, they know who the missionaries are. Most of them do. Right. And most of them have had that, that doorbell, yeah. that, you know, or, or at least the, heard the joke about it or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, there's the whole stereotype of Mormons being the nicest people ever. And I, I have not ever found that to be false um, or exaggerated uh, yet. <laughs> I'm um, going to prove you wrong. So, <laughs> so Actually, it, yeah, it is like, yeah, it's exactly what you expect. And like you said, it's relatable and, and comedy a lot of times is funny because it's exactly what you expect and yeah. that you think it's funny because you understand it a hundred percent. Okay. And you laugh to show other people. You're like, I know this is funny. Right. I get this. I get this joke. Yeah. Um, so that same, that same scenario, that same word, even there is a Mormon in the audience that is offended by that word. We're not even getting mm-hmm. to the part later uh, uh, about maggots and everything else. Let's just talk yeah. about just that part. How okay. is that so triggering? First of all, why are they in the audience? That's a good question. <laughs> Set that aside. Yeah. But um, why, why is that so triggering to them? Do you think? Well, I'm sure there's a, a there's part of them that that's always been um, just triggered because I'm sure they've been bullied about their religion before. And I'm not saying that's what Book of Mormon does. Who I'm just saying it's though, it, right. I mean, sure. yeah, a bully about anything, you know, yeah. yep. um, and that is it's always going to be triggering for somebody because they have faced a lot of negative feedback about it. And so I do think that Matt and Trey, the writers, did a beautiful job at at um, giving you f- um, showing you why it's funny, but not offensive. And there are parts of the show that I think play on the line of being offensive, but I don't think they're offending more men's as much as they are anybody who believes in any religion. I think that they, uh, but I guess the, the way that they get away with it is that there's truth to all sides of it. There are people saying these things. And the point of the Mormons in the show is to change their view on those things. So yes, the Mormons are a very exaggerated version of the dorkiest people you've ever met in your life, but their mission is the same as those who are actually out there trying to convert people they're they're they are trying to help people and okay. or they're convinced that they are trying to help or they're convinced that they are and obviously that goes i don't want to you know spoil anything too much for those who haven't seen the show but well, if they haven't seen the show now come on i'm, I'm gonna tell you who won the world series five years ago if you still have it on tape and haven't seen it then <laughs> the lead character uh in the end of the show comes to find out uh you know it, it's it's less about helping people through with Mormonism and more about helping people believe in something, have anything that they believe in to make them feel good so that they're not just blaming the world for their problems. They're, they feel like they have some sort of journey to go on 
to fix them. And that is, I, I think it's, it is, it's actually so beautiful the way that they've written it in Mormon, because you, you know, you expect them at the end of the show to, to do what they set out to do. And it completely shifts. And yet somehow they have done what they set out to do, just not in the way they thought they were going to do right. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The writers have done a great job. It's fantastic. They definitely, have. I mean, they're, they're very experienced at, at being good writers. And I think the people in the audience that are laughing and the people that are triggered are more, it's because of who they are, not about the material. If yeah. you, you can interpret any joke to being, well, that's not true. Some jokes are meant to be offensive sure, <laughs> and, and they're designed yeah. to be offensive. Um, but I would argue that if Mormon were written to be offensive, it, it wouldn't be funny. It's could be. Yeah. It, it probably, I don't know. Would, Sometimes I think it's like, I do see a lot of their, their, their writings and everything in their, in their other shows. It's sure. this group of the kids on the playground laughing at that group of kids on the playground. Yeah. And, and I think it does cross the line to get offensive at some point. But Absolutely. that's okay. You are fully free to get up and leave. You are fully free to go tell on the teacher. You can even write a bad review and give us your input. Yeah. Yeah. My job is a comedian and my, as a comedian, we not only get up to that line, if we're not crossing that line several times, we're probably not trying enough. We're leaving, a, we're leaving material on the table and yeah. it's a joke. Yeah. I mean, as a lot, and, and I, there's a lot of political correctness um, and there's a, there's a, there's a reason for all of that, but people can take it too seriously. Just like people can take it. They're not serious enough. Yeah. Uh, also, if you look at it from an acting standpoint, no matter what you're playing in the show, you want to find that character's truth. So if the, unless their specific action they're playing is to offend that person, the offensive quote unquote joke that they are playing has to come from a truthful place in mm. their character's heart. So okay. that's why I feel like if Mormon were written offensive, I, I'm not sure how it would even, how it would even be played out in these characters. It would have to be that um, the Ugandans in the show are specifically hating the Mormons, but the Ugandans in the show, I don't even believe know about mormonism at all so i don't Not from think what they're being they, taught for most, most well from uh, yeah elder cunningham <laughs> but it's so that then that's why i feel like if it's offensive then it's it's not from a deep-rooted place of i hate you it's it's from a because of what you believe it's a you know just it's just unfortunate okay but i'm gonna force my way into your home in front of your family. And you're a nice guy. You're letting us in. It's raining outside. You feel bad for us. Come on in. Let's sit and talk. And I'm telling you that you're not good enough, that you're going to go to hell, that God has a plan for you. You need to believe you need to be baptized. You need tell me that's not offensive. I'm coming from a good place. Yeah. So I guess my way of responding to that would be, well, that, um, if that's what you believe, then I'm glad that you are living that life. Okay. And if that's what I eventually come to believe, thank you for sharing it with me. But as of right now, I, I do not believe the end result of what you are doing is what my journey is, is leading to. And 
that it all goes back to that West wing quote. It's, it should be okay to live your own life in your own religion and not have to worry about other people doing it. So see, that's now the first commandment is be open-minded. I guess it is. <laughs> right. If you can be open minded, definitely... that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Why do you believe that? And have a conversation and not have it feel like they're here to offend me. They're sharing their beliefs and I can listen to their beliefs and I can tell my beliefs and they can either choose to be angry or not and leave. Yeah. But and I think a small percentage of the planet actually operates at that level. I agree. And I, I it must come from a place of of fear, uh, at least politically, you think, um, you know, I just, as an example, a lot of very far right people will say that they believe in the freedom of religion yet. If they, they also, I feel like have this deep fear that if other religions become popular, Christianity will eventually not be allowed. So, um, that, and, and I, I, there are people I think like that I know personally that, that would feel that way. So that's when I'm, I'm saying, okay, so you don't believe in freedom of religion. You believe in freedom of your religion. And that's not how it works, <laughs> but assuming that we all believe in freedom of religion, we have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you need to fight for everyone's religion, not just yours. I think if everybody is, well, what's fighting for your religion, though? Because if you are living your religion uh, the way you want to, um, and everybody is that way, then what is fighting for your religion? Well, if you truly believe that people who are not baptized in your church will suffer eternal consequences, it's your duty to help them and stop at nothing to get them there. Yeah. Are you yeah. really, if you really believe that and you are just allowing them to just go off and live their lives willy nilly and have their own opinions and make their own decisions, do you, are you really showing concern for that person? There is a line, I think, where you can express the way you feel. Unfortunately, I think if, if people express it either even one time too many, it, the other person isn't going to want anything to do with that person anyway, because they, they feel like whatever they do isn't going to be good enough. Right. Um, unless they just convert to their religion. But then you, you want that person to actually believe in these things, right? No, they just need to be baptized. Right. So check the box. Well, then in that case, you might as well just baptize everybody. And that's what that's we should it. do. Get all the names. Uh, yeah. yeah and then yeah, you don't have to follow go anything else from any church. You can do your own thing and you'll still end up at the pearly gates because you were baptized. Yeah. If they're, if, yeah. And if, the, if it's there. So um, let me ask, let me put this diff different way. I don't know if I'm going to get a different response, but I just wrote this question and I just thought I just need to see the reaction on your face when I say it. Okay. What's it like? How many people are in your audience? Hundred? How many? Uh, at Tina, it's a, it's like I think it's about thirteen or fourteen hundred. Okay, so what's it like every night, twice on Saturday, standing in in front of thirteen or fourteen hundred people, making light of something that sixteen million people hold very sacred? 
Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> um, You're that bully on the other side of the playground now telling well, all the Well, it jokes. is funny, though, because it you... <sighs> You you assume that well in Book of Mormon it's it's a it's about eleven hundred seats so it's eleven hundred people oh so um, it's not as bad then it's it's not as bad <laughs> um, you you automatically assume that most of your audience is not Mormon or at least not practicing um, but if we are really I guess making light is a really good way of putting it but why is that such a bad thing like don't okay. you wanna see um something that will make you laugh that you can relate to um i i didn't know before i did the book of mormon that mormons couldn't drink coffee i i didn't know that was a thing and so during part of the show elder price the lead of the show he's having a bad dream and he's in hell and there are giant coffee cups running around him (laughs) and i think if i were a practicing mormon even that would be hilarious funny right that's funny people because you also are thinking oh i get this joke that not everybody gets yeah and maybe yeah. it is well well known enough. Maybe I'm I just was far behind that. But there are a lot of references in the show that I think Mormons will actually find funnier than anybody else. Okay. And I do know a lot of Mormons that have seen the show, and they, I think, all enjoyed it. There are you know a few parts of the show that are uncomfortable, but I would argue that those, like I said, aren't about aren't making fun of Mormons. It's 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 the wording that they use to uh, to. Um, contrast the Mormon parts right, of it. Right, right, right. Um, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else about that. And I don't remember what it is, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> okay, if oh, you think of I it, remember. Yeah. So um, the, the Mormon church uh, has an ad in the Book of Mormon playbill. Right. Well, say, they got oh, a lot of egg on their face, so they got to make good with it right maybe PR that's what it is with something spin it spin it yeah it, it, that's but it's also the idea that i i think that there is a lot of truth in the show to what what mormons are doing because these characters they are mormons trying to to convert people and and they they do uh you know say a lot of things that do come directly from the church and so if somebody is really interested in it then i you know, as much as people are laughing at the show, I don't feel like they're laughing at Mormons. It's they're laughing at the, the just the whole idea and the stereotype of it all. Well, and um, at some point, if you if if this offends you and this you don't find this funny, maybe you shouldn't go to a musical, yeah, <laughs> a yeah. comedy. Maybe, yeah, maybe. This, yeah, maybe if you, you know or or a musical about this where you knew what it was coming in. I mean, come on. But also, I'm sure you encounter people when you're um, uh, on your your mission that throw things in your face that are, and I, I mean, verbally, not physically, but I hope Sometimes not physically, both. but verbally that, that are much more offensive than you'll hear in the book of Mormon on Broadway. And does right. that change you then? I, it, why, why would it be any different than seeing what you're doing? And maybe that's why it's just triggering. Well, yeah, I, I think it goes a little bit beyond that because that's one person's opinion. And you are broadcasting this out as a show, as entertainment. Yeah. Right. You're not just meeting yes. me at my doorstep and telling me, oh, I hate Mormons. Get off my porch. Right. I shot the last set of missionaries that were here. Do you want to come in? You know, uh, <laughs> but there's nothing in the show that specifically will will say to any Mormon, you shouldn't be Mormon. It's wrong. Right. At all. Tell me there aren't parts of Tina that are triggering 
to people that have had a oh my gosh portion of her background happen in their lives, right? I would argue much more triggering. Yeah. And do you pull punches there because it might offend somebody? N- that's part of the story, right? And it's you knew that was part the story, of the story coming in. You knew Tina's story. I can't imagine what it was like for her to sit in that audience and watch it and reflect part of her lives and thinking, yeah, they're not even really close to where that was. Well, I can tell you, yeah. actually, she, okay. she saw the opening night and she wanted nothing to do with the musical. She doesn't like having to relive those moments. Like you no, said, it's, who would? it's extremely painful. Let's come sit with 1600 people and relive the worst <laughs> parts of your life. On, yeah. You know? Yeah. Or let's watch Ike say a hilarious line that everyone loves, you know, as much as everyone hates Ike. Um, She said she's she spoke at the at the curtain call of the opening night. And she said watching that show was like turning poison into medicine. And I think that's a really good way of looking at any triggering part of a show, because it's something that you get to experience and feel for this character, but you don't have to live yourself. And I think that's why theater is important as a whole, because you can you can sit and watch these people's stories play out and as sad or as happy as they are, you learn from them and you can reflect them in your own life. And that is it's 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 imperative to why. And that's why, you know, people fight for the arts is It, 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 you are watching as ridiculous as some stories are as, as, um, as hard as, as some stories are to watch it. They're all important to watch just so that you can do some reflection, some self-reflection. Yeah. And you're inviting them in to share as part of the human experience Yeah, as set in Uganda or as set in wherever. Mm-hmm. So exactly yeah, right. That, that's a great way to do that. What have been, if you can think of any off the top of your head, what have been the most memorable reactions to your show personally, to you personally of people that were um, active Mormons, um, non, non people that aren't, were never Mormons and people that were former Mormons. If you can kind of, I don't know if you can categorize that or whatever, what's been some of the most memorable experiences you've had good and bad, maybe. I yeah. Don't know. Well, I'd have to start by saying, that the the night that um, I first talked to Delaney, my fiance, she was sitting in the front row and I had heard that she was, um, if not a practicing Mormon, she had grown up Mormon, you know? So it was, you know, I was happy to watch her because I had a big old crush on her. And so that entire time watching her laugh at these jokes was like, wow, I'm glad that somebody like if, if, who is has grown up with this can, can take it well. Right. Um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Of course, the second, my grandparents are, are devout Catholics and there is a lot of just bad talk. Uh, there's a song called Hasadiga Iboi that <laughs> translates directly to <laughs> F you God. Um, and if there was one part of the show, my grandparents didn't like, they said it was that, but huh? you're, you know, in this story, this is happening because it is unbelievably tragic the way that that's that people have had to live their lives with nothing to believe in over there, nothing to make it seem better. And so um, you you don't have anybody. And, and this is just a take on it. Unless you have somebody to come and teach you about God or teach you about religion and why it's helpful, then, of course, you're just going to look at it negatively if you if you have that sort of experience. Um, so that's that. 
I don't know if I've ever, I, there are occasionally you do see people get up and walk out during that song. Yeah. And I don't know if they're Mormon. I don't know if they're just religious. I don't know if they bought tickets to the show thinking it was something entirely different. Um, and that's always like, Oh man, I think you're about to miss why, uh, the show actually is not about that, but about fixing that. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so that's unfortunate, but that happens, that happens often enough. Um, yeah, I bet. And it's not like half the audience gets up and leaves at all. It's the book of Mormon. It's always sold out, but, um, pieces, pieces, you know, we'll, we'll get up and leave every now and then you'd be like, Oh yeah, they didn't know about the show. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I had any extremely difficult, uh, like there, there weren't ever any people like chanting that we're going to hell from the audience um, okay. that I remember or while okay. I was there, it might've happened. Okay. Um, and I don't think there's been much backlash even outside the theater from protesters or anything of this sort. So that's, that's kind of how you know that either they have so much money that they can um, get rid of that when it pops up, which, you know, they, they do have that much money, but I really think that it's just that people understand that the show really isn't just making fun of people. Um, I got, um, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. I just got a couple of questions. I know you got to leave here. In, in yes. A few. Ask them. I'll give. Um, have you read the book of Mormon? Uh, I've read um, as much of the book of Mormon as I could read walking on stage every night with it open. <laughs> different page <laughs> so every night. I would or? flip to different pages. Sometimes I try to find certain pages. There's the, um, what is it? The book of Enos. Yeah. Yeah. So I always thought that was funny. So I try to find that before going on because it sounds like Amy. <laughs> Um, but if I couldn't, you know, I'd just sit and, and read. And there are parts of the book that are read during the show. So I've heard pieces, um, sure. but I have not read much of it. <laughs> I, I'm not that method of an actor. Okay. So, <laughs> so would you like me to set up an appointment? You can meet with the missionaries. That'd be great. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I guess I really can't talk until I've read it, huh? No, you can talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've got, you've got your opinion. Um, man, I've got some more questions, but, uh, tell me what we missed about Charlie. What do we, in order to know you, what, what do we, what do we need to know about me? Yeah. Oh, let me ask one question while you're thinking of that. Yeah. So you're about to marry planning a wedding Mm -hmm. with someone who was sitting in the front row, Mm -hmm. who was a practicing Mormon at some point of her life Mm -hmm. concerns of marrying into a Mormon family. Absolutely zero. Zero. I, I, I have no concerns. I think that um, I, she, I, she and I are both extremely lucky that, that her family is, is are accepting and, and open and, and the nicest people ever. Um, yeah. Good family, for sure. Great family. Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't have any concerns. I, I, you know, there are parts of me that maybe feel like I am not what they pictured exactly. Excuse me. Um, but I think, and Delaney jokes about this all the time, uh, you know, saying that her dad really wanted her to marry, uh, uh, you know, a sweet little Mormon boy. And, you know, this is about as close as you could possibly get <laughs> without <laughs> a sweet little, being a sweet little Mormon boy. Um, I, I don't have many concerns. There are things that I, I actually, I enjoy it. I like it a lot because I like having these deep conversations Um, and knowing that we both 
uh, uh, we both, we all like me and her entire family can have conversations about these kinds of things and know that we might not agree at the end on everything is nice. I think that's the, why, why would you want to have a, why would you start a conversation if you know you're both agreeing on the exact same thing? Yeah, that's true. If you can get to that point, unfortunately, I know a lot of people, even with their own families, the ones they have said, this isn't for me. Yeah. It's like, well, then you have no part here. I, I, and I, I, that's a different conversation altogether with different people, but I, I, I think that's a rarity, but I've seen it happen too often to make me feel very comfortable with it. And it's puts me at ease when someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's how I, uh, that's why I, I think I feel lucky, uh, that, that they are very accepting okay. of, of the, you know, what their daughter is going through, um, because she's, you know, she's to speak for her, not against the church, just against certain things that the church sure. does sure. or believes. So I think that it's nice. Um, it's nice to, to, yeah, to be that open-minded. Okay. Last question. What, what are we missing about Charlie? I haven't heard you swear ever. Is that something that's not part of Charlie? I say, heck no, I whoa, swear. Whoa, um, easy, yeah. Easy. Well, I'm sorry, you guys, I'll you'll, you'll bleep that out. Yeah. In post. Um, I, 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 I yeah, I do. I do swear. Um, okay. I, I, I like to fight? feel like it's warranted. I've not been in a bar fight. Dang it. I was okay. close one night. I almost got punched in the face, but I got my, my glasses knocked off and I don't like fighting. I'm a, I'm definitely a pacifist, but I, um, I, oh, gosh, I am so boring. I, some things that, uh, about me, gosh, uh, I like long walks on the beach. Um, I love film scores. I like writing music. I, um, I like video games and board games. I don't play a lot of video games. When I say video games, I mean like Nintendo and Donkey Kong and right. stuff. Um, I, um, but real board games. So like not monopoly, you know? Yeah, no, you, you mean, know, why not? Yeah. We yeah. Know. Uh, my favorite animal is an elephant. My favorite color is blue. Uh, gosh. <laughs> See, this I, is I, where yeah. I didn't want the conversation to go. I want you to know, well, I'm deathly afraid that whatever. Or yeah, I, planning I, a I, wedding I, and it's just oh. scaring the crap out of me. Or I it just don't actually. care. I'm so checked out. I don't just like I used, told you use magic eight ball for your. I, I'm not scared about the person I'm marrying. That's, I think yeah. that that is the, that is the thing that's making me so happy in this experience of planning a wedding is that no matter what happens, I get to marry Delaney at the end of it. But I, I, I am not good at planning things like this. I, if I had the amount of money, I can just give to somebody and say, please plan this for me. With Thank you. I can't wait to show up. And your everything. Yeah, you definitely. You're not living in a New York city apartment is uh, taking away my entire paycheck. Um, no, but, um, I think that, um, we're, we're doing well and Delaney is very good at planning. So it's, it's, it's very helpful, but I, um, it, it's, it's a lot of stress. I don't like having things on my plate. I like getting things done with. So a thing like a wedding that takes so many months to plan and there's so many pieces to put together, which I actually like puzzles, but I like to do them all in one sitting. So it's hard knowing that I have this 50,000 piece puzzle that I can only do bits of a day, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's where my entire life is right now. That and Tina. Um, and that's pretty much it. Okay. Thank you <laughs> so much. I've, I've loved, I've enjoyed, I really like this. I would like to get back to some of these other things to talk about. Yes, please. If there's Maybe any time we can figure episode, out, that'd be once awesome. I figure out what I'm actually doing here and I don't look like such a complete rookie, but, uh, no, this is, this has been great. Okay. I like talking about this stuff because like I said earlier, I don't have any answers to it. So it's nice to just talk through. 
All right. So here, here's the deal. Two things. One, yeah. you have to pick someone now that I interview next. Yeah. Who I'm would gonna, be a good I've, interview I've for been me? thinking, but I'm going to have to think a little bit more. Okay. And two, I think next time we do this, you interview me. Okay. You come up with the questions. Oh boy. Okay. I'm excited. We'll kind of, we'll kind of do that. Cause it, I do want it to be a conversation and that's a good way to do that. So great. I do think we had a nice conversation, but I do think that I would like more of your um, answers on some of the questions that I answered. So yeah, let, let's great. do that. Awesome. Sweet. Thanks, good, Brian. Good seeing you. Yeah. Good seeing you. Yeah, good Tell seeing you too, that was Thank you for listening to strangers. You know, if you're enjoying our conversations, please share us with a friend. Continue the conversation by sharing and liking on Facebook and social media. Or for exclusive content and detailed show notes, visit our website at strangersyouknowpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter or make a donation to support the show. Thank you for your support.